Welcome to the Makers. Uh, my name's Aaron, and this is a podcast about making, breaking, and learning everything from 3D printing, uh, lasers, and anything else in between. Um, we have one special guest today and a couple regulars. So, uh, how's it going, Chad? I've been really good, Aaron. It's, uh, it's been busy, but, um, yeah, been really good. Uh, I started, uh, using a wood lathe, uh, so that's been kind of interesting. Um, turning out some bowls and different stuff, um, being a little creative with that. That's kind of fun. But other than that, I really haven't done much. It's been a busy summer with my work, so I'm just kind of here to a little moral support, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, uh, Definitely can relate to the super busy summer, insane, uh, not getting anything printed or done or broken or anything. Might have learned uh, a few handy stuff on YouTube, but that's about it. Um, and we have Jonas. How are you doing, Jonas? Oh, doing pretty well. Great. Anything uh, anything printing, uh, breaking, or otherwise? I've got a couple of things. Um built some um or i designed a little cap for some glass jars and made a phone case figured out how to print tpu again after not doing well for that for a while oh yeah saw those they looked amazing i have to get on that tpu bandwagon myself for sure and then uh for broken i killed some of my sonoff i don't know what you call them power controllers where you control lights and stuff over the internet. I uh, reset my account because I couldn't get a reset email on the, the phone app. And now my devices don't connect to the Wi-Fi anymore. <laughs> so I'm down to one that works, which of course is on the 3D printer. Well, that's the only one that matters, right? That's it. And then uh, working on learning another CAD program, FreeCAD, we'll talk about that later. And then um, definitely dry your TPU. Works much better if you put it in the oven for a couple hours. Oh, nice. Good uh, little pro tip there. So we also have with us my good buddy Mo from, uh, well, from various parts, but I knew him starting San Antonio when I lived there doing uh, mountain bike stuff. He rolled up one day and said, hey, you want to ride? And I said, yeah, sure, let's go ride. So we've been good buds ever since. So what are you doing today, Mo? How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing some, uh, printing some stuff off my vinyl cutter. And uh, I'm doing some shop cleanup. I'm, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, going away gifts for folks. So I have to have a lot of stuff ready in, to cut out on my vinyl cutter so that I can do whatever I'm going to do with it. That sounds pretty so cool. So for, for stencils? Yeah. So I think I showed you a picture last uh, earlier this week where I, I do the acid. It's like almost like acid etching, but I started using the, the sandblaster. So I put the decals on there. And I sandblast it and I pull them off and then, you know, it looks like it's, it's, it's basically etched in there. And uh, it turns out pretty good. People like it. They, it's really interesting how people can't, um, they can't really fathom how somebody can actually do that at home. You know, that's, that's one of the funnest things is like, you did that at home? Yep, at home. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing. Like you tell somebody you got a laser at home or even a 3D printer. They're just like, what? At your home? That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So, and it, it's just it's neat because um, you know it, it's funny. I 
the reason why I started doing that kind of stuff was probably because of Jonas. You know, we we were in a bicycle club together, and remember, I don't know if you remember Jonas. We were we were uh, trying to make pint glasses for the 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 bike club. Oh yeah, I remember that. So I had one of these vinyl printers on on my desk at work. I was in the military at the time, but and that's all I really did was just design and make these little signs or whatever they needed me to do. And uh, so Jonas was struggling away with this. I'm like, man, I could do a better job than this. Let me try this. So I <laughs> went through and you know uh, redesigned our logo and cut it out, and it went on from there. And I and that's been, man, I don't know how long ago that was, Jonas. That was at least eighteen years. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I started out doing mountain bike stuff and I just, it's kind of cool. Cause it just, it's, uh, whatever, whatever hobby somebody has, you can put onto a glass as a, as a gift. Right. So it's kind of a neat thing. It's fun. Yeah. So, I think, Oh, go ahead, Chad. No, I was just going to ask. So you sandblasted uh, the etching into the glass. Is that what you've been doing? That if you have. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's like acid etching, but it ends up the blasting is easier and it turns out better. So you apply a vinyl stencil to the glass and then you bead blast the glass and it doesn't eat, eat the vinyl as much as it eats, eats the glass, right? Exactly. I'll try to post a picture. You just sent me the uh, a link. Um, this, you know, the tablet program, this tablet program goes weird on it. It actually speaks out what you send to me. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, there's a setting to turn that off. <laughs> if you have uh, headphones, like uh, earbuds or something, you might plug those in your tablet. Okay. So I'm still struggling trying to find this. Uh, did I just go to the document that you sent me? Yeah, just click on the link, and um, it should open up the whole list of stuff, and you should be able to add something there. I'm not, Or does uh, Door or somebody have to give you access to it? You know how that works, Aaron? I think Dora has to give access because he was the original. Oh, one. okay. But you can um, you or can put the link in, the in our chat, and then we can add it later. Yeah. yeah okay, I'll do that. Or we so can what, add it now. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mo. Go ahead, Mo. So what I did this week was uh, we had a guy for the that was going away. He was retiring after forty years from Boeing, which is pretty significant. Um, so I made him these four really cool. Uh, beer glasses and then out of oak i made them a um basically one of those um it's like a flight you know for like like you go to the bars and you get the flight of glasses for samples and i shaped it as an f-22 and it turned out really good oh please say you got pictures of those yeah i got it yeah that'd be great to see i'll post a link of uh you can't see very well but one of the glasses i use every day and i've been using for i don't know 10 years since i Received it from Mo. Jonas, I, I sent you. A, I texted you a picture. Oh, sorry, I got you again. <laughs> I sent you a picture the other day. I wasn't sure if uh, you you could post that, Jonas. Oh yeah, I'll get that out of my um, my links there and stick that on there. I see the glass really good. I'm trying to look at what you etched on it. So that's like a a take a cycling take on. Uh, a skull and crossbones, so that the skull is like a a bike cog, and then the the crossbones are cranks. Oh, that's awesome! Love it. That one turned out really neat. That one's acid etched, and when it's it just it turns off better. It turns there's like a better texture on it when you when you do the the bead blasting or the sand blasting, you know. And I, I used the acid for years, and then 
one day I decided to go to Harbor Freight and spend 120 bucks. And uh, I, I was wondering why I didn't spend 120 bucks way sooner. Nice. You just, so you so just got it. It makes it a little more rough. Is that the, the problem? I didn't get any of those questions. Does the acid make it more rough than if you did the blasting? The acid is really smooth. Um, you know, on your your glasses is done with the acid, and it's just it's really smooth, and um, it you know it, it'll disappear with liquid in it, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, I've got the K forty laser, and I'm trying to get my rotary so I can do glasses and stuff, and I've done a few things. Um, I haven't worked on it for a while, but with the laser when it hits it makes really rough cuts into like it almost pops the glass you know i gotta worry about shattering the glass um but it really diffuses light really cool um when the light hits it because it's all these sharp edges is that kind of what it does when you're uh sandblasting it or i i guess that's what i'm kind of wondering is so just imagine you took a piece of really rough sandpaper to glass or plexiglass, and that's kind of the texture it leaves. So it's kind of the, it's not, like when I do my laser, it, it'll it almost, it feels like it's as sharp as like sandpaper, you know, <laughs> on there. And I, I'm trying to dial it in so that it isn't like it's going to cut you. <laughs> but the <laughs> sandblasting must be like in between the acid and the laser, is what I'm assuming for texture-wise. Texture. That's what it sounds like. It really, it um, it it, it doesn't actually turn out that sharp. But uh, I mean, if if I held the the media puddle on it for a long time, you know, uh, and let it kind of uh, dig into the glass, it would do that. It would get fairly deep. But you don't. You just need to pass pass the sandblaster over it over the glass and kind of just get a nice even coat, like you're almost like you're just painting something, right? And um, and it just it just it's just enough to kind of discolor or or uh, just take that shiny surface off the glass. So basically, you're just taking the uh, smooth surface and texturing it. That's kind of cool. When I do it with a laser, it gets really deep in there, and I'm trying to find a happy medium with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm artfully ruining a cup. <laughs> right. I've actually gotten my laser a little too hot on it, or too long in one spot, and it starts cracking the entire mug, you know? <laughs> Dang, dang. Have you tried ceramic? No, I haven't tried any ceramics yet, no. I think if you take a colored ceramic mug and the if the ceramic is white, it'll make a really nice edge, kind of like those old, you know, military white plastic with the blue plastic on top that they etch out with the engraver. Yeah, that might look yeah, that... really good. Um, I'm, so I'm looking at the second picture, and those look so awesome. I see the... Um, the skull and crossbones uh, with the crank and sprocket in the back. And, uh, yeah, those really turned out nice. Yeah, those are my, yeah, favorite. my favorite. I've got one that says El Presidente from the bike club. I forgot I made that one. Uh, I think I only made, like, two of those those skull and crossbones, Jonas. I know you have one and I have one, but I don't think I made that many of them. I've got two of the big ones, and then I've got, a, like, six or four of the, the regular cone-shaped pine pint glasses so mo what do you have for a vinyl cutter what is what do you use for a vinyl cutter is it like a diy one or is it like a professionally a big professional unit or what, what are you kind of working with there 
So I just I just got a new one, and uh, I actually kind of um, I got it. It's called a Titan Three from a U.S. Cutter, and uh, what I like about this one is it's uh, it uses servos instead of the typical step motors that you would use on uh, vinyl cutters, and it it really makes everything crisp and clean. So I, I just got this like a week ago. And uh, so, you know, on vinyl cutters, the smaller you get, the, the more difficult it is to keep the, the, the sharp corners and, and keep detail. And so, I mean, if it's really small and there's a corner there, straight lines turn to curves. And uh, for the longest time, I had, a, had an older one that I bought off of eBay for like 300 bucks. And it works great for big stuff. But this one, I'm really happy with it just because, you know, everything's straight and crisp and clean. So... It's a uh, cost a little bit more money, but it, it was worth getting the the uh, the machine with servos. You know, um, they're affordable, but uh, but the you, you pay a little bit more for the the vinyl cutters with servos. So, and uh, they all come with a standard kind of software program. So, and most of the software that come with cutters, they're all they're all really similar. So, um, but they're they're really easy to use, and you can. Uh, you can import and export, and and uh, you can basically vectorize almost anything in, in them. So you put a black and white picture in there, it'll vectorize it for you, and you clean it up a little bit, and you can cut it out. It's really great. So, uh, not to be rude, but what what kind of price range is the one that you've got? And is that like a thousand dollars? Two thousand dollars? No, it was this one is it's a fifteen inch cutter. And it cost um, just under seven hundred bucks, so it, it was a pretty good deal. I mean, I think Jonas has one in, in, in one of the offices he works at is a lot more money, but for for six hundred bucks, it, it gives a, a signed shop quality cut. Oh, that's what I need is another toy. <laughs> yeah, ours is twenty. It's a little bit more expensive, but um, for that size, it's probably the same quality. I had a 28 inch one for a long time, and uh, thinking that man, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, you know, print the world out on this on this vinyl cutter, and then, you know, as time goes on, I, I found out that I only buy 15 inch rolls of vinyl, and and why why have this much extra space? Don't really need it. I'm I'm not making full blown signs for people. I'm just making cool home projects. So, um, I could get at the next step up of the same machine, and it goes up to about 12 or 1300 bucks. So I'm like. I don't need that, and that's why I went with this one. Heck yeah, that's awesome. No, the only time I need uh, something done on the vinyl cutter is when my wife decides to do some crazy, like during Christmas time, and wants to put a huge Merry Christmas or something across the wall or something. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, projects for my wife. She She's pretty involved at, at church and with uh, kind of youth education and, and uh in the Catholic church. So she does a lot of, uh, RCIA and just kind of education stuff with kids. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly making stuff. And, you know, I, I think tonight I made some numbers that go on a candle, you know, so it, there's always something, but it's always quick and easy. Sometimes it's challenging, but most of the stuff is pretty, pretty simple to make. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I might have to hit you up sometime during Christmas and be like, Hey, how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> it's always easy. So I also started doing, um, I do mirrors. So I, I, I put the decal on the back of the mirror and I reverse it and then I sandblast the back of it 
so it takes all the mirror coating off the, the back of the mirror in the pattern that you want. And then um, I basically paint the back of it and it, it turns out, it turns out pretty cool. So you have a, you have a mirror with a kind of a, a logo or a, whatever shape you want in the back. And it, you know, you look at it, the mirror's nice and, you know, clean and it looks like there's something inside the mirror. It, it turns out, I, I did a couple for going away gifts and it just, it, it's, they turn out really cool. Uh Oh, Chad, I hear uh, another project for you. Yeah, the, <laughs> this isn't fun. This isn't safe for me. This is getting too. I'm just thinking about things I can do with the laser too. Uh, that. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I imagine a laser would do the same thing, man. It'd probably be pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't have enough projects and things going on. <laughs> I'm just playing. I, I, I love the ideas I'm getting. It's just, I love it. That's where you better start writing stuff down, Chad. You can get to it later, and the list is just going to keep on going. Well, what's nice is this is a podcast, so I can just listen to it later. Absolutely. Oh, that looks really, really nice there, uh, Mo. That is awesome. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I always kind of feel like the the, the good stuff I know that I make is uh, the stuff I really don't want to give away, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, those turned out really nice. Holy smoke. Yeah, very cool. We'll have to put some links to somehow so that people can see these because that is phenomenal. That is, the glasses are just crazy cool. So one of the things I usually do with those is like, um, uh, you know, you, you always need to get something done somewhere around work, you know, depending on you need somebody to do something and, I tell you what, you, you walk up with one of those glasses or even a pint glass and you automatically kind of go to the front of the line. So, you know, I use them as, I totally use them as briberies. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like that. So another thing that I do is, uh, so when I go, on, I, I go on the road a lot, so we travel and I don't want to carry glasses with me. And so that's the only time I'll, I'll use acid these days. I take all the decals and I, I just, I go to Michael's and grab the acid paste, the acid edge. I put them all in the put it on the bag in the backpack or the, uh, the check luggage, and whatever I get to where I'm going, I go to Walmart and grab the glasses, and voila, you know, I have a way to show my appreciation for somebody that that, that kind of hooks me up on the road because, um, you know, I, I do military work, so you know you have to deal with military, you know, you have to kind of get stuff done on base. So uh, I, I did 26 years in the Air Force, so I kind of know what makes people click sometimes, and that kind of stuff people dig. So you can do, can you do that with like a hydro flask uh, type of um, container as well? Yeah, put a link on, yeah, on it looks like that. Yeah, so, yeah I, know, I, I, saw I, I saw that picture. I can't, I, I, I do the, um, the ones that I ha- I've had, I do is the ones that are anodized. The, the ones that are, are um, powder coated, uh, those, those are much tougher to do. And I, I basically, I tried one and I stopped, but the, I do the same thing with the hydro flasks, the, this is stainless steel. Uh, thermos containers, and that that works out really well. That's actually why I got a, a, a sandblaster because somebody wanted me to do one. And uh, yeah, those things that they work really well, even uh, even if it's a stainless steel. So sorry about that. Nah, it's okay. Uh, I think we're used to it now. Yeah, I've got to figure out how to fix that. <laughs> sorry. So the uh, even with the stainless steel, I was kind of worried that it wouldn't show up, you know, as as much, and it. Man, it works out really well. So what's key is kind of finding the store that has those things on sale, you know, because 
they can get pretty expensive. So I try to find the ones that are fairly inexpensive and on sale so that, you know, it, it's a, it's a cheap, it's a cheap, even if somebody wants to make something, I want to keep the price down for somebody. Absolutely. No, those turned out, God, I love those. Those are really cool. I might have to try that myself. You look at the blue F22 ones. Yeah, the blue F22 and the um, like Hydra Flask uh, type um, container. Yeah, I, I've done a couple of the designs. I did. I did one as I, I'm a big disc golfer, so I do some disc golf look designs. I'll have to I'll have to post a bunch of these pictures in in a spot. But uh, yeah, I I do kind of all designs. What's well, it's kind of fun because every time you, whenever you just think about it, and just like, you know what, I can make that, you know, and I always consider like this vinyl cutter, uh, it's probably the best way to mess with people. You know, I can make a, I can make a sticker any way I want to mess with somebody. It's always kind of fun, you know, just as a joke. Ooh, now is that the mirror of uh, what you're talking about? Yep. That's the mirror. Dude, Chad, are you checking this out? Oh, yeah, I am. Wow, <laughs> that's that so cool. Going, uh-oh. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you, you. Yeah, this isn't safe. No. <laughs> so when you do that, I recommend using like a, that's metallic paint that I put on there, and I think it looks cooler, you know, and and uh, and it it kind of helps show the depth. But I mean, I've done some where I just use like a a felt tip marker on the back just to color it in. And it, it worked like a champ, but man, uh, I, I gave that to a go as a going away gift to some, to a girl that was that left the pro uh, the program. And she, it was funny watching her cause she was like, she was looking at the mirror, like it was on top of the mirror and trying to figure out, she's like, wait, wait where's that at? So <clears throat> I've done, um, in the past, um, I engraved, uh, a Harley Davidson logo on, a picture frame, an acrylic, um, uh, clear picture frame. And then it was for my, my girlfriend's mom and I had a picture of her on her bike and stuff in the background. And that turned out super cool. And I wish I had pictures of it, but, um, I kind of, I didn't like it because it was on acrylic, you know, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't look the same as a like, glass looks, you know, in a picture frame. So now I'm thinking maybe something like that, but as doing it with a laser on glass might be kind of cool. You, oh, this is horrible. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. horrible for Chad right now. I <laughs> Just letting you know, Mo. <laughs> it's only $120, $120 away, Chad. That's right, 120 bucks, man. Just add it to your room. You yeah. make that on one-fifth of a tree service. Well, what's, what's the problem is I don't have any room for anything else in my shop. <laughs> oh, my, my living room's going to become part of my shop again. That's right. Just knock, knock out a wall. It'll be fine. I've done too many of that, that knocking out wall things. Um, yeah. I need a kitchen and a living room and a bedroom. That's all I have left in my house to... <laughs> Jeez. So what I've done with that 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 acrylic stuff is uh, not sandblasting, but I have a small uh, CNC mill, and uh, my wife worked at the chapel on base. So we want we're looking for like an inexpensive going away gift, something we can kind of knock out. So I took those at that you know probably about a quarter inch acrylic, and um, I engraved I engraved one side with you know kind of the the picture of the church or whatever, and then some, you know, nice words. And I polished up the, polished up the edges, which is pretty easy to do. 
And then I made a little um, a little stand for them. And in, in the stand, it had like a little LED light, like the like a cheap little one dollar LED light. And uh, you put that on the bottom of it, and it's um, kind of in the slot where the uh, the the acrylic goes. You turn on the light, and the whole thing just just lights up. And it's a great great gift. Yeah, that's that edge lighting that. I've done a little bit of that with acrylic on my, I got a MPCNC that I made and I do way more work on it than it was probably designed to do, but it's, um, yeah, I've tried some of that stuff and it works pretty good. I, I do like the way that that stuff turns out rather than the laser kind of polishes it too much. You don't get much of a glow out of it, you know, like, like you do when you rough cut it with a CNC. Right. What, what I've done in the what we were doing that was a couple of years ago we we painted that acrylic and then we used the laser on the on the acrylic and we we're just we we're just doing like some kind of quarterly awards for for folks on base so we painted the back sides of them because our the laser laser they had bought hadn't couldn't do glass or couldn't do it you know couldn't really etch it uh, it wasn't it wasn't touching it so we decided we'd we painted the backside of it all, and then we 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 lasered the paint, and it it worked good enough to um, make the plaque. Well, that's that's cool. You make do with what you got. You make something cool out of what you got, and that's the funnest thing about this crafting, or I don't know what you call what we do. It's <laughs> but just make do with what you got. Make something cool out of it, and people will enjoy it. That's for sure. Yeah, so for every, all our listeners, uh, we will post these pictures. I'll post them on uh, our Instagram channel, uh, just so everybody and uh, try to post them to the um, podcast link as well on the uh, show notes. But um, yeah, looking at these pictures, guys. Show notes. Show notes. Okay, we will post them to the show notes. Um, but yeah, great pictures, great stuff you do uh, there, Mo. Thanks. This uh, keeps me busy. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of fun doing it, and you're just doing it mostly just for gifts for people. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I um, it's kind of one of those things where it's like uh, I, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna be a starving artist. I'll, I'll I'll make I'll have a job and do my thing, and then you know, I found out that if I uh, if I don't keep the projects around the house, I could do more of the projects because they don't fill up the house. So it's kind of one way to do projects and, uh, you know, not clutter your house. All right. That is awesome. Um, anything else you have for us, Mo? Or are we going to start going with uh, Jonas's uh, list of uh, things he's done? Let's go with Jonas's list. What you got for us, Jonas? Oh, I have an infinite list of notes, apparently. So I'll just kind of <laughs> hit the highlights here. Um, I've been watching a lot of interesting things, or interesting to me things on YouTube lately. Um, if you're into electronics, I found this guy called uh, BigClive.com, and he's a Scottish guy, and apparently he's been an electrician forever, and um, has gotten into electronics on the side, and he tears down basically Chinese USB LEDs and power banks and light bulbs and all these kind of things that you find at the dollar store and kind of tells you how they work. So he takes them to bits as he calls it. He, he will take the circuit board apart and take the 
transformer, unwind the transformer and show you why that transformer is garbage compared to something else that he's got to show you. So that's pretty neat. So he's got a couple of things. One I saw recently was, um, if you remember Christmas time several years ago, they started coming out with all these lights that have like an icicle effect where you have a, a string of lights and they, they trickle down to the end and have some different effects. He basically shows you how to make a custom one of those and he'll give you a, a hex code file for a pick chip that you can you know buy for a couple of bucks, put your own string of LEDs together and you've got your own icicle lights. Man, my mother-in-law would love me to death. She is all about the icicle lights. Another one is, um, I know you might, guys might know this guy, uh, Jimmy DiResta, D-I-R-E-S-T-A. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, I've been catching up on a bunch of his stuff. He's just got so many different things. It's just, you're going to find something interesting. Yeah, if you watch his videos, he does stuff for, like, big companies. I mean, he'll just, if somebody's having, like, a... I don't know, like a, a show or they're having a, uh, a convention, man, they have him come out and build some stuff that is just phenomenal. He does builds and he does installs, apparently, I guess, professionally. You know, he custom makes things and then installs them. He's got um, a couple of his projects were gifts that other people have commissioned to give away to rock bands. So um, he made this big giant puzzle piece thing on a... Um, bandsaw so he's got a bandsaw he's been doing a bandsaw since he's six years old and um so he makes all this stuff super quick and he made there's a artist called lord l-o-r-d-e he made some kind of new york background puzzle piece thing for her and then uh something else for the killers a big um cnc cut acrylic lighted sign with the killers written on it and the nice thing about it is he you see from material to finished product exactly what he has to do to get it to turn out the way he does. Yeah, you can tell he takes a ton of time, and it, it just like the almost like the the photo laps or what, however, however he does it. It's I saw one where he took a uh, kind of a walnut slab and he made a, a table out of it, and uh, so the walnut slab had live edge on it, and he kind of cut that live edge on off, and then used um, steel like a steel rod, just square, square stock. And he cut it into a bunch of little pieces and formed it around this piece of, of a uh, walnut. And it, it turned out amazing. So another one I found, which is interesting. <clears throat> we've done a couple of websites for titanium ring uh, stores here in Hawaii. And it's basically, you know, a machinist lathe kind of project and you can do inlays and different things like that. This guy, Patrick Adair, A-D-A-I-R, has a YouTube channel where he'll show you exactly, again, from the material he gets in the shop to how to prepare it all the way through to the finished product. And he shows you all the tools and all the supplies he uses along the way. And another interesting thing is if you watch his earlier videos, you can actually get links to all the suppliers where he gets all of his shop products. He basically Ooh, tells you how to compete awesome. with him from, from the beginning. He doesn't do that so much anymore because he's got his own supplies section of his website where he'll sell you the resale stuff from his suppliers. So he learned how to make a little money off of the his good connections. Yeah. That's good, though, too. He learned rings, and apparently he <clears throat> started specializing in glow rings. And the glow rings um, use this really cool stuff. It's... Uh, 
technoglowproducts.com, you can get a crystal powder that you can sprinkle onto stuff, or you can get a special version of it that you can mix into epoxy. And basically, <clears throat> you shine a UV light of any kind onto this material for a few seconds, and it will glow for about 10 hours. And so he's been making rings out of that kind of stuff. So he'll make like an etched ring and fill in the etching part with this glow material, epoxy it over, and make it smooth so that it looks like you know it's a smooth ring. But when you look at it in the dark, it glows, all the channels glow in, in whatever glowing color they used. Ooh, that, and they show that he shows that all in his video. Yeah, he's got a ton of videos on on all that stuff. One of the a couple of interesting the ones I saw that I found him first on was he was making um, a glow in the dark ring out of tritium. So tritium is kind of like uranium; <clears throat> it glows in the dark naturally, and I don't know, it's like thirty or forty year half life or something like that. But he got these order these tubes and they come tritium comes in these little tiny glass tubes and so he cut a couple of steel rings as, as in like um, like donut shaped like a washer he took two washers and suspended perpendicularly these glass tubes in those washers and you know of course first he welded these washers onto another tube to make a ring that would fit on your finger and then perpendicularly drilled holes all around the diameter, or all around the circumference, and then he slipped in these glass rods, um, and then I think he epoxied those in, and so you've got this really industrial-looking, almost gear-like-looking ring, but it's it's entirely little glass tubes of tritium on your finger. Wow, that uh, yeah, that sounds really really awesome. I'll check that out myself. Check that out myself. Is that even safe to have on your finger, though? Apparently it is. Um, he did have to order it from Europe. They wouldn't sell it to him in the U.S., but um, they did deliver it. Well, that's fine. No worries. I mean, if your finger rots off, it's okay. Well, it's blocked by steel, right? So you've got steel. It's everybody else you have to worry, that has to worry about it. <laughs> exactly. No worries. Yeah, I'm going to try not to work with anything that will make me glow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I have one of those I have one of those Harbor Freight uh, machinist lathes, you know, and I, I've seen a couple of the videos you're talking about, Jonas, or at least a couple of guys that are making rings on YouTube, and, man, I really, I really need to give it a try. Well, basically, he's got, you know, the regular cutters, and then he's got a boring bar for the center, and he's got this one special tool... He's calling a ring mandrel, and what it is, it's a, a four-way split piece of steel with some sections on it, kind of like one of those um, multi-step drill bits. Um, but it has a, uh, the center is cut out of it, and it's threaded, and so there's a bolt in there. And so you can screw the bolt down, and it will sandwich a ring on there, so you can cut the outside of the ring being held by the, the lathe chuck, you know, from the inside. You kind of have to look at it. To you know, I, you kind of have to look at it. Using one of those is like, uh, I I made a couple things with mine, and it's like there's almost, it's like you're talking about, you know, watching the lathe videos, you know, using a metal lathe, just kind of going through and taking off metal little bits at a time is almost therapeutic. You know, you have a long, stressful day, just, you know, go get some stainless steel and turn it down a little bit. It'll, it'll help you uh, focus. 
Yeah, Chad, you were talking about those videos, uh, the wood lathe videos for uh, falling asleep. The machine, the metal videos are the exact same. Yeah, I um, I always got nervous. Like I'm a machinist by trade. Um, that's what I did for 15, 16 years. Um, working with a lathe always made me nervous on a metal lathe, like working as a machinist. I never liked it because the tools move in so fast and it's just, you, you, it's hard to, you know, but manually I have no problem with it. And I have a little manual metal lathe, but then I went and got my wood lathe and you were talking about therapeutic. It really is like turning out a bowl or a cup or something like that, taking a raw piece of wood and just turning it into something you can use or show off is super therapeutic. It's like I'll spend two hours doing it, I guess. It feels like 20 minutes, you know, and it just relaxes me. So I'm covered in wood chips when I'm done, but <laughs> it it is a little therapeutic. It is it is nice. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I it's um I, I have a I have a shopsmith lathe and I have a probably the same lathe we were talking about earlier, the a small one from Harbor Freight and man it's 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 cool. You just the stuff you turn you, you can turn out and just it looks so good. I've been doing <clears throat> some what they call a multi axis turning. So like you turn one part of it off center and then center up the rest of it and you get this weird blending that is super cool and i've been working with that quite a bit that's kind of my i want to do more of that so and that's super when it when it all finishes you're just like oh that's cool you know so are you using a i've seen the specialized chucks for those are you using a specialized chuck are you how are you doing it no so i just the first part I turn off center just by um, putting it between the two centers off center and just do that. And then, um, or using this, the, um, the screw on plate, but I do have a chuck that I can put it in for centering it. So um, I bought, I'm buying more and more tools for my lathe. It's, um, it's become my new favorite little toy, and it's like super old school, you know, sharpening the tools by hand, all that stuff with a, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool, but it's not very technical. It's more um, by feel, you know. Yeah, it's it, you know, when you mess up, it's not really a mess up; it's a feature. Yeah, it just changes the eventual outcome of the whatever you're doing, you know. So here in St. Louis, we have both of the uh, major kind of wood stores. You have uh, Rockler and, and Shopsmith, and they have all those great little uh, wood turning projects. So you can do a handle for a ice cream scoop or wine stops, and it makes it really easy. You just kind of go in and pick up the kit for, I don't know, under 20 bucks, and you pick up a chunk of wood and whatever looks cool to you and you go home and turn it down and you have a useful little item well that'd be super cool um what i've got is a guy that i know locally that makes um banisters and uh stuff like that so he lets me go through his cutoffs and different stuff and all of his scrap stuff and i get to pick out 
whatever I want. So I'll get some black walnut here, get some, you know, whatever. And that's been free wood for me. So it's, you know, that's kind of cool. But there is other shops in the area that I'm trying to contact to see if I can get, you know, they're just a cutoffs, you know, it's just a small lathe. So it's not like it's a lot of stuff and I'll pay. I pay for some of the stuff, but lots of times I just get the stuff for free and it's cool. So my, my favorite wood to turn so far has been, um, was it black palm? Man, it, it just, it's a beautiful wood. It's a little bit rough on the tools. It's really hard, but when you get it turned down to whatever you're doing and you, you put a, a clear coat on it, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. I recommend if you get a hold of any, turn it and do whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Um, I've got, I haven't, I want to get better before I start getting into my expensive wood, like the black walnuts. And uh, um, I've got one chunk of zebra wood that I, that I'm waiting until I get better. I don't want to mess it up, you know? So we'll see how that turns once I get a little better at doing it and I don't mess up stuff. <laughs> get yourself some cedar. You'll be fine. I got tons of cedar, tons of it. That's what this guy mostly does his stuff with. Cause cedar doesn't rot, you know, it, it's, it's an, a wood that doesn't rot. So they use it in banisters a lot. And he, I've got tons of it. <laughs> yeah. So I got a couple other things here. Um, FreeCAD is a program I've started trying to use. I haven't made anything in it yet, um, but I got kind of frustrated with Fusion 360. Um, I don't have a Windows machine to run it on, so I run it in a VM, and the VM doesn't have the, the graphics capability to run it properly. And also, with the new Fusion, at least the one I installed just recently, you have to log in online to even use the thing, so you have to have an internet connection, which you know I don't really agree with. I understand you have to for Onshape because Onshape runs in your browser, but you know you're installing Fusion 360 on your computer. Why do I need the internet? So that kind of irritated me, and I found this other thing. So this one's kind of interesting because um, it starts you out. It's kind of a jack of all trades, just CAD general CAD program. Um, it has different workbenches. And what it is, it's basically like different views, or um, I can't remember what it's called in KDE, but they're like workspaces. Um, basically, the tools you want to use for that job are in front of you at that time, and you can switch to any other view at any time. So if you're doing a, um, a house drawing, um, you pick the architectural CAD workbench, and it has all the tools that you would probably use in AutoCAD for you know, drawing houses and plans and, you know, how thick is this wall and where does the conduit go and all this kind of stuff. Um, and at the same time, you can switch over to a mesh editor, kind of like, um, I guess, mesh mixer, but not quite as full featured. Um, so there's a, you know, a mesh workbench and there's an also an open SCAD workbench. So if you've ever installed open SCAD and used that, that's kind of a it's got its own little language to program um, mathematically all of your different 3D shapes that you can use to export an STL file and make a 3D model out of to print, or just design things, you know, with formulas. Um, that's included inside of FreeCAD, so that's really interesting. Have you guys heard of the uh, FreeCAD? I've never used FreeCAD. I've used a little bit of SCAD because. Um 
you'll pick up like a gear program off of or a gear off of um, Thingiverse, and you get you know an editable editable ugh, object in you whatever and it's usually an SCAD on there so I've used that a little bit but if it's all in one I might have to check that out it's very um, everything in it runs on Python so there's actually you can enable a Python console and you can type in Python commands and, and do stuff I, I would imagine it's similar to, to SCAD where you can do that same kind of thing yeah SCAD's all done in it's all Python I think is based it's all based on python's program so yeah i feel i feel that that program sounds familiar i might have taken a look at it i don't remember actually uh, fiddling with it that much but i might have to revisit that for sure i got it working on arch linux without too much trouble i had to find a couple other little things to install um but it's for any system so it's windows mac linux um Again, I'm sure because it's Python, you can install a Python interpreter in anything. Well, yeah, that's the best thing about being in... If it's written in Python, you could, should be able to install it on any system because, yeah, you can get the Python, depending on what version of Python it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're moving from 2 to 3, I guess. Another nice thing about this is you can in, import STL files and make your STL solid and then manipulate that solid piece as though it was an object in the CAD program. So if you, you know, make something in Fusion or Onshape or whatever and you make an object and you join all the pieces together, that's kind of what it turns into once you make it solid from an STL file. So it's not, you know, import your STL and edit anything infinitely. It's it makes a solid object on which you can cut things out of or add things to as though it was a single piece of an object. How does it, okay, so what's the performance like when you import a large STL into it? Because I know like a lot of the programs, they, uh, nothing over 30,000 surfaces or faces or whatever, because for some reason, STLs are a super simple object file, but when it goes to editing them, editing them in any CAD program, they tend to be super difficult and slow down your system so much. And I don't know why that is, because they aren't that difficult of a file. I ran this on my really nice desktop, and I ran it on my laptop, which is just like an it's a four-year-old i7 with only eight gigs of memory and integrated graphics, and the performance seemed to be about the same. I only edited a, a regular small STL file. I don't know how many vertices it had, but um, it was just a phone case. But when you look at it, it's got a bunch of triangles, and um, it actually looks pretty smooth, uh, both when I printed it and when I looked at it in the modeling program. It, I didn't notice any kind of slowdown compared to that and working with other things in the same program. That there itself may be a very important... A tool for some of us guys that do editing of STLs because yeah I don't think it's gonna be near the the beefiness of something like uh, mesh mixer but if you know one tool does most everything you know you learn one thing and you can pretty much do what you need 
Well, that's like um, for the lasers, I've been using uh, Lightburn, and I find that that program does a very good job of taking an image and turning it into an SVG file so that you can, I can export that into Fusion. <laughs> and I, my workflow has changed so much from getting, when I got that program, now I tend to take any file that I'm taking a picture or anything that I want to do some 2D into 3D stuff. I tend to go and clean it up in there first and then bring it into my other programs just because it does it so well and fast. Yeah, I'm hoping this will be a tool kind of like that. I did see a couple of things that um, may make some people kind of hesitant. It's I wrote in here in the notes, it's, it's a fast-moving project, meaning that it's in heavy development all the time and things change. And a couple, just two of the 15 videos I watched about people using it, um, two of the guys mentioned specifically that you will find glitches because they're changing things all the time. Um, one of the things, one guy was making um, some buttons, you know, buttons to be 3D printed, you know, like push buttons for switches on a just a, a pad of like 10 buttons. And he was drawing a button... And, you know, with a CAD program, you draw a line from here to here, you know, connect the dots, and that's a plane, and then you do some other things, extrude it, and this, that, or the other. At, like, the third operation, he had to stop and go back a click and figure out a different way to draw the thing that he intended to draw because they had updated something and it didn't work quite that way anymore. Um, it didn't crash the program. He, you know, wasn't fear frustrated by it. It was just, oh, when I click this and click this here, it used to do this. It's not quite doing that. Well, let me just do it this way. And he, he, you know, immediately understood a workaround in his own mind, having used the program before. Oh, I'll just approach this drawing in this way, and it worked fine, and he had no problem. But there's things like that apparently. And one of the other people mentioned that it's a really good program. However, they wouldn't recommend to be using it as a professional tool just because of the moving target it is. Yeah, the fast development of certain uh, free um, open source projects can be a problem. And I don't know, I've used quite a few. But hopefully in the long run, it's a good thing. That's, <laughs> that's what you hope for, I guess. Yeah, a lot of people liken it to Blender in that way. And... I get the impression that the FreeCAD is faster moving than Blender even, um, the way they were talking about different things. And I, also in the forums, um, you'll find that as well. Well, Blender started out very fast. I mean, like every two weeks they were changing that thing. Every, I mean, it was, if you didn't use it every day and update it every day, you weren't, you know, on the cutting edge of it or whatever. But it eventually slowed down. They, they figured out. And now it's more of you can still get the nightlies or whatever, but the rollouts are a little slower because they don't need to roll them out as fast because it's doing what it needs to. And hopefully right. this pro this project will be the same eventually. Yeah, I do like that actually that it is fast moving. That means people are paying attention to it and it will continue to get better. Well, that just means that there's people that care about it, you know, and 
if it slows down too much, then people stop caring about it and then it just dies. And hopefully that doesn't happen if it's that good of a program. I'll give it a shot. So the next thing I have here is um, new Bowden tube. I don't know if you guys have heard about the Capricorn Bowden tubes, but the, it's a blue PTFE, um, aka Teflon tube. If you've got like a CR10 or, let's see, what else? I don't know. What, oh, like a Delta. A Delta is usually a Bowden tube, um, I believe. Is that correct, Chad? Yeah, the Deltas are almost always Bowden tubes because... Uh, your drive is mounted to separately than the feed or the hot end. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I want to say I spent less than $25 and I got like two feet or two or three feet of tube and two of those press on connectors. They're like a uh, friction fit connectors. Um, you know, they're plumbing fixtures. You, you screw them into whatever, and then you can push the tube in and it locks it. Um, so pretty cheap, and the selling point of these things is they mix the PTFE a little bit better so that it's more slippery than your standard no-name Chinese who know how, who knows how they're making it in China white Bowden tube. Um, and so it's supposed to be a higher quality. It's also more precise as far as the inside diameter. So apparently early in 3D printing, there was an issue with you know filament being weird diameters it wasn't consistent um and also bowden tombs apparently so what that does for you is if you're trying to print tpu as i am lately um there's less room in the tube for the tpu to you know slop left and right and potentially get kinked in the tube and so you've got a lower friction just because it fits better um in addition to it being more slippery as a material, um, you know, and, you know, Liam's favorite word, lubricity, you know, in there for that. And you said what brand is this again? Capricorn. It's uh, let's see, CapTubes.com. Got There's it. A link in the show notes. Oh yeah, I I remember um, I remember a picture you'd posted uh, a while back. I think it was on uh, on our Voxer. Yeah, that's a picture. Yeah. yeah, I put that in here. Yeah, and it, uh, it looked quite interesting, so I'll have to definitely check that out myself, revisit that, and uh, maybe uh, get some of that stuff. So it's been working really well for you? Yeah, I've, I've been able to print the Sane Smart, which is kind of a, a more firm TPU, with the old Bowden tube, um, and I was not able to print um, NinjaFlex at all. NinjaFlex is very soft and squishy. Um in fact, I still have not been able to print the red very well. I did print a frog in the green, um, which seemed to turn out okay. I still had to go pretty slow and high heat, um, but it, it completed for the most part. It's a little fuzzy, but um, you know, it's also a very tiny, tiny object, and I was printing it with a 0.6 nozzle, so I was kind of point, printing it a little bit too big a nozzle and too small a layer height for the nozzle, but, you know, whatever works. Nice. So I didn't realize that uh, NinjaFlex was even uh, softer than um, the TPU that we've been using. Yeah, compared to SaneSmart as a finished product, it is really super soft. I made a phone case out of it, and if you don't print it super thick, it's very squishy. Interesting. Um, I'm also seeing here 
that Capricorn has um, some of their ultra low friction PTF2 being in that's black, that's uh, supposed to be the step up from the blue even. Same price as the blue, but uh, one step yeah, up. It's a, it's a tenth of a millimeter smaller inside diameter as well. It is? They're uh, selling that as as TPU specific, so oh. if you're doing TPU, that's the one you really, really want. Right. Okay, now that I'm reading that, yeah. Huh. Well, i got to get my TPU skills uh, up to par, so I'm definitely going to have to uh, try out what I have, and then if not, order some of this stuff. Yeah, earlier here I was printing some different things, some little triangle objects for a puzzle game with the red and the yellow well, I guess it's bright green, Sane Smart TPU, and because it was stiffer, I think it, that's why it worked in the um, the regular CR10 setup. Um, and I hadn't even really dried it then, so it just I just had high heat and ran it slow, and it, it kind of worked. But um, after I I went through and I just put every roll of nylon and TPU and uh, PET G that I could find that would fit in my oven, and just ran that for three hours straight at 200 and the first thing I printed was the red TPU and it <clears throat> it came out crystal clear in a phone case and that's the picture that I have on there and if you hold it up to the light you can see through it you you can read your uh, computer screen through this TPU after 3d printing it nice maybe so so you just uh, were having issues and then dried it out and it worked even better huh yeah, the drying, I think, was the key. And the same for the nylon. Um, the nylon didn't last as long. I, I tried printing that, and I had it out for about a day um, before I printed with the nylon. And it had already soaked up some water, apparently, because about, I don't know, four or five layers in on the nylon, it started getting bubbly and popping. And that's the uh, the liquid, you know, that's the water boiling in the in the nozzle and making bubbles in your, your nylon. That's always a good sound. Yeah, it makes what looks like smoke, but it's actually water vapor. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Interesting. That's a good word for it. But I would I would recommend the Capricorn. I mean, I would the next time I replace a Bowden tube on anything, I would replace that with this. It's cheap enough to, you know, I got probably three times as much as I needed because I actually shortened my Bowden tube, you know, three or four inches when I put the replacement in, and it works just fine. And I, I can print anywhere on the bed. And it, it's perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, if, if you're at a point where you've maybe you've tried to do ABS on your, you know, white Teflon Bowden tube and you've heated up too much and you didn't have an all metal hot end and now the end of it is burned, you know, you should try this. It's also supposed to be a little more heat resistant, according to the specs on the, the Capricorn. So it might maybe it's even better for uh, ABS and the higher temperature stuff as well. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah, the prices are, uh, you know, a little bit higher than your uh, cheap China stuff, but I mean, totally, totally reasonable and uh, well worth it, I believe. I think they shipped it um, regular, regular mail, and it still got here in a few days. Oh heck yeah, to Hawaii, that's pretty good. And you know, super cheap, first class mail, can't beat that. Gotta love it. Anything else there, uh, Jonas? I've got a little bit here, just quieting the CR10. Um, I don't remember talking about it on the show. I didn't see it in the show notes for the last show. But I've got a bunch of links here in the show notes that, you know, whoever can go through. Um, but basically, you know, like everybody else, I went through and replaced all the fans 
on my printer to make it quiet. I had already replaced the main board with the Trinamic drivers, which made it super quiet already. Um, but the uh, the fan that, that cools the parts is the last fan that I don't have, and that's the loudest thing on my printer. So the hot end cooler, the power supply cooler, there's actually three fans in the power in the power box. Uh, one's a power supply, one is on the motherboard, and one is at the back of the box that encloses everything. Um, and then I also put the little you know metal and rubber dampeners on each of my axis um, controllers, you know the 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 um, stepper motors. And all that combined, I cannot tell my printer is running and I'm sitting with it, you know, two feet from me to my left when it's printing most things. Oh, man, that's a must do because I remember um, you've had it running before during a podcast and it's still really quiet before. So that's even uh, even better now. Yeah, I love it now. It's, it's just just right. I will definitely be doing similar to my next printer. So what is a... Uh, the price on the Trinamic drivers. So what? I guess I never really. They're looked. like eight to ten bucks a piece instead of three or four dollars a piece for the cheap stuff. Oh, that's so reasonable. I mean, yeah, as long to... as your board can support it and you can swap them out, I would be able to get them absolutely. It will be my next research project. <laughs> yeah, they are super worth it. I haven't got any yet, but I've seen enough videos that are just like, you got to do this. If you're going to do one upgrade, you need to do this. I need to do that as well. I just had two quick little ones um, linked to a YouTube video of a guy that shows you how to use parts collections in um, Tinkercad. Um, Tinkercad, you can actually store like a group of objects. If you do stuff over and over again, you can kind of make your own parts library of things you use all the time. And you can use those to build things instead of, you know, the cylinder and the block and whatever other shapes they provide you. So that's kind of handy. And then I found another link to, um, again, this is uh, something from Jimmy DiResta, um, toolstoday.com. He mentioned them in one of his videos. And they, if you've got a, I, I have a problem now. I, I've got two routers for my CNC. I've got a DeWalt and I've got a Makita. And the Makita takes a different size collet for the bits. And so I had to buy a different collet to do the eighth inch bits because it would only do the, the quarter inch. Um, and then I went bit crazy at AliExpress and Banggood and bought all these bits because they were super cheap. Well, they're like two millimeters different size diameter on the bit. So that doesn't, it doesn't fit any of the collets in my Makita router because my Makita is eighth inch or it's quarter inch. There, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, stretch, you know, it doesn't have a collet that's multifaceted, so it doesn't expand or contract to the different size bits that you stick in there. And so now I can't use my my little extra, you know, cheap set of bits that I got from China in that router. I have to put it in the DeWalt. And if I want to do acrylic, the DeWalt doesn't go slow enough to do acrylic. And so I found these these other collet choices on toolstoday.com that I'm going to check out. But apparently they have a bunch of good prices on bits too. So I may just buy bits from them in the future but it's something to check out see if anybody likes that nice yeah i'm checking that out now jonas yeah that's why i went to an actual spindle with the er uh, was it 32s or whatever so i can get the metric and the standard because if you buy cheap bits or you buy 
anything from overseas. They tend to be metric. And you can crimp the flexible collets a little bit, but the more you crimp them, the more um, deflection you get. Uh, you know, they don't run all as true. Yeah, it seems like they're all like three or three or four millimeter. I forget what the size was. I haven't looked at them in a while, but it's just like a millimeter and a half off of what would fit. And it's so irritating because I've got like 20 of them. <laughs> and that is the end of my giant list of links. Gotcha. Well, great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for all that uh, good information, uh, Jonas. Um, that was pretty awesome, actually. A lot of good information. Well, it's been a long month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the only one that's been making stuff, unfortunately. Uh, you and Mo. Um, yeah, I need to get back on the bandwagon for sure. And There's I a think, giant go-kart. You know, I I ordered some more filament. It I've got a huge box over here, and it's long overdue, and it's ready to be built. And I have like, oh, I think five more pieces to print, and then I can put it together. So it will be coming. Uh, <laughs> it's been way too long. I still can't believe you had enough patience to even do most of it that you've done. That is such a huge build. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it's going to be the biggest build I ever do, for sure. I can't believe I've got as far as I have, honestly. But uh, Will your kids fit in that? Uh, oh, no, my kids... I have an eight-year-old and a twelve-year-old now, so yeah, definitely not. You just gotta steal some neighbor kids, and gotta have somebody small enough around there. Strap down a pet. <laughs> just go out and grab a random kid. It, and that's the parents right. don't mind. That's right. that's right. They don't mind if uh, some got, random. Car- they person. got parks full of those kids. Just you know, take a go tar- <laughs> out there. You look at six of them, jump in it. <laughs> That's right. You know, there's no issue with a random uh, stranger, uh, a guy, in fact, you know, going and grabbing a kid and testing them out on a 3D printed uh, go-kart. No, you don't no, have no. to grab them. You just, you just throw your go-kart out there and six of, them, six of them will try to jump in it. That's true. Just Blue. when you ask the parents, make sure you have a beer in your hand. Hey! <laughs> hey! How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll go have, for Have a beer well. in your hand to hand them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, I got that, and then I've got uh, some add-ons to my giant Lego skeleton for um, that I need to do for uh, this uh, Halloween. Uh, are you going to do another one, or are you adding on to what you, the one you did? No, do? there was an add-on. I don't know if you saw I think Liam sent it to me, where you do the horse, the skeleton horse, and then you do the cape and hood for the skeleton... Uh, lego guy wow and he can uh he can ride the horse as well so yeah i'm gonna definitely have to do that so i can't remember did you that or did you print it in the color you wanted no i didn't have white at the time so i ended up printing it just with whatever i had and then um sanded it uh sprayed it with um some filler paint and then spray paint it white. And then I think I cleared it as well. Okay. But uh yeah, it turned out it turned out way better than I thought it would. So I mean and it's sitting right standing right here and no one stole it last Halloween. So you know, there's always this Halloween, so especially if I add the horse and the cape. Well, that's just because I don't live around you, so 
because I would have stole it. <laughs> yeah. Damn you. Oh, yeah. No. I'm sure somebody will figure it out. Well, thank you, Aaron, for hosting and Chad and Mo for showing up, contributing. Yes. Thank you very much, Mo, for um, telling us all the wonderful things you do. Um, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good information, pictures. Oh, man. So many ideas. I'm not sure I can handle uh, adding a new uh, project to my uh, garage. It was great being on. I'll uh, definitely come come back out and show you what I'm doing going forward. Absolutely. Anytime. You're more than welcome. Cool. Uh, anybody have any uh, last words? Uh, anything? Um, oh, uh, Mo, how do we, if uh, people want to get a hold of you for any questions or anything? Uh, is there any, uh, any email or anything to get a hold of you? Yeah, it's going to be Mo underscore Milstead, M-I-L-S-T-E-A-D, at msn.com. Great. That is great. And uh, Chad or Jonas, you guys have any ending uh, words or words of wisdom? Not that you let me put on the show. Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> Just keep making and find something fun to do and make something cool. That's right. doesn't matter if it's 3D printing or Raspberry Pis or laser etching or anything. Make it, try it out, enjoy. Um, this will conclude. tell us about it. Yeah, exactly. Let us know. Uh, send us pictures. Uh, we love to hear about that stuff. If you guys have any questions, hit us up. Um, and uh, we will talk to you soon. And hopefully, we can continue uh, doing more more podcasts in a regular uh, regular status. Back to our regular us. Uh, a scheduled program, hopefully. Um, until then, keep on making. Uh, thanks. Thank you, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Adios. Hey, Aaron, great job. Yeah, thank you very much. I need someone to get things moving. That was really fun. I really enjoyed that. I hope I can uh, come back and do that again. Well, speaking yeah, for me, to too, be, I, I hope you can, too. It's kind of good because it kind of keeps you building, doesn't it? It's like, well, I got to have something to talk about. So, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's that. And then, you know, it, and then we're like, ooh, that's a great idea. I have to start doing that. And you try that. And yeah, it's awesome. Well, I don't know if Jonas told you about the boxer group and stuff we have. But, but you would I definitely get some of us in trouble. Because, <laughs> yes, yes. yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Son of a. I'll oh, send you a link. Yeah. The, the Voxer group is it's just a video, or it's video, audio, text, chatting, you know, whatever. Um, and we have a private group that we're all in, and we send pictures and of what we've been doing and gets each other motivated to keep building and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's really cool. I cannot stop my recording. It, you got to find the uh, recording box. Yeah. And stop it there. And hit stop, right? Yep. Yeah. It's It's got the countdown and the recording box was here the whole time. Right. But I keep... It should say stop. Yeah. And I've been like multiple 
click, 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 and it's not doing anything. Ooh, did you freeze up? No. Good thing I decided, let's have a backup. <laughs> I know. I saw that. No, Hopefully I didn't. it works. I didn't. One of them recorded. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. Dude. It was a good show. It was a so good show. So much information. Mo, you did awesome. Aaron, you did great as Thank a host. You. You, 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 that was great. I feel I could uh, fine-tune yeah, my skills. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I feel some fine tuning in uh, thing, but uh, hopefully we can uh, have some more here on a regular basis and uh, and get some uh, stuff moving. <laughs> <laughs>